Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, Akuo Church. We're in the middle of a series titled Story Time, where we're digging into a series of stories told by Jesus that are called parables. And a parable is a story that's meant to be chewed on and kind of thought over in order to reveal something to you. It's not like a proverb that's more of a simple, single idea. Jesus's parables are a treasure trove where the more that you dig, the more that you find. And this is one of the many wonderful things about Jesus. He was a great storyteller, which is unsurprising because he actually designed our brains. And neuroscience tells us that our brains basically run on stories. Our brain does this constantly. It's, it's too much work to remember everything. It would be impossible. So our brain is constantly trying to take in all this information that it receives and spit out a story that we can tell ourselves. I told my grandfather I wanted to be a missionary when I was 10 years old. And so now that I'm a pastor, I can tell a story about how God has been leading me into this moment. Never mind that at that age, I also said I wanted to be an astronaut bounty hunter. It's not important to the story. And so when I say that we tell ourselves stories, I'm not saying that what we tell ourselves isn't true. We're taking incredibly complex facts and boiling them down into simple truths that we can take with us. Cultural anthropologists also will tell you that stories are at the very center of any culture. Stories help shape the way we view the world. They often contain exaggerated details meant to draw your attention to something. They say that the story of Little Red Riding Hood, when it was written hundreds of years ago, it was meant to teach children in a time when you couldn't just show them a photo what a wolf looked like. Big eyes, big ears, big teeth mean stay away. And so stories matter because the stories that we tell ourselves affect how we live our lives. And stories help shape how we view the world. And so when I say that a story can change your life, I mean it. You dig down deep enough and it will burrow deep inside. And so again, we should not be surprised that Jesus loved telling stories. At times he uses hyperbole, irony, even humor. His stories are meant to teach us more about him, about ourselves, and about the kingdom he's bringing to earth. And what I hope to do here today is to help you see yourself in the story God is telling you. And so let's look at a story Jesus has for us today. First, the context, Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 1. About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. Is that why they suffered? Not at all. You too will perish unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the tower in Siloam fell? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish too. This is Jesus. He's with his disciples and he hears this terrible news and he knows what they're thinking. He knows their hearts and so he responds to it. The disciples, they see this terrible thing happen and they instinctively believe what a lot of us believe. Bad things happen to bad people. 
And listen, I've been following Jesus for a long time now, and still there's always a part of my heart that fears that when I do wrong, God wants to punish me. And if you've ever felt that way, you, you might feel like this, like your life has been unfruitful recently, or you're in a dry season and you're worried about your relationship with God. We look around and we feel like the bad things happening to us are because of our sin. And you feel like if you were only able to kick that habit or be less selfish, then good things would start happening. Without realizing it, we can get a little prosperity light with our theology, like an anti-prosperity gospel. If I screw up, it's all over. But Jesus says that's not at all true. He continues, Luke 13, verse 6, he says, Luke chapter 13, verse 6, Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. But the gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs year, next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. So today we're looking at a story that has much more under the surface than it maybe first appears. And listen, it's easy to get bogged down by some of the harsh language. But I think that there are some ideas here that we can really connect with if we look closely. Let me say up front, if you have felt like the unfruitful tree, the point of this story isn't about guessing how long you have until Jesus cuts you down. It's about realizing that God isn't done with you today. You're still here because God has been patiently, lovingly caring for you to bring about fruit in your life. And Jesus wants us to have a fruitful life. If you study the New Testament, he makes this very clear. Scripture defines what that looks like, and Jesus even teaches us how to accomplish this. So let's get back to the basics here. What are the fruit? The fruit is the evidence of the Spirit of God's work in your life. Let me say that again. The fruit is the evidence of the Spirit of God's work in your life. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 describes it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A fruitful life is one filled with the fruit of the Spirit. And God wants that for you. And we can see why, right? I mean, look at that list. Who doesn't want that? I want you to see this. God wants you to have fruit in your lives because he loves you. He wants what's best for you. Like any parent, he wants what's best for his children. I want you to see the critical detail God is trying to share with you here in this story. God is patient. He wants to nourish you. He's the one fertilizing the plant. He's the one giving it more time. He's the one advocating for you and I. I think sometimes we act as though God wanted to take life away from us. Like we know that he gives us eternal life, but sometimes we feel like in order to get that, we have to trade away part of our life now. But is that really what Jesus offers? Look in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. I love that phrase, life in abundance. Jesus loved talking, talking about the abundant life. One of the problems of our days, we tend to look at everything in the terms of scarcity. 
We go around thinking we don't have enough time, energy, money, and we agonize trading any of that away. And so we work really hard to get more of it. But Jesus offers us an abundant life, one that bears fruit. Jesus loved using this image. It's sort of a motif that he comes back to a lot in uh, his stories. And so if you're asking yourself, okay, well then how do we get this fruit? Turn to John chapter 15. It says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot produce fruit unless you remain with me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The simple answer is remain, or depending on your translation, abide. The word abide in the original Greek text is meno, and it just means simply to stay, to stay connected. So to abide with God is simply to stay connected to him. And I love this image. It's not about how hard the branch works or how clever it is or even how holy it is. All the branch needs to do to bear fruit is to stay connected to the vine. And when we do this, fruit happens. It's a beautiful promise. We abide. Instead of trying to redouble our efforts to grow our relationship with Christ, it just requires intentional time spent with him, putting down the distractions. Abiding in Christ is less about doing something or learning something. It's about reprogramming. It's about taking the time to be intentional with God and to grow our relationship with him. No writer in the New Testament understood this better than John. This is Jesus's friend who wrote these words down that we just read. And who was John? John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. John is in Jesus's inner circle. But John's life shows us a life transformed by Jesus. When he was young, they called him a son of thunder. At one point in the Gospels, he and his brother are angry at a village, and they ask Jesus if they can call down fire from heaven to destroy them. He wasn't just some chill vibes guy from the start. God had to work on him for him to bear fruit. And for John, the starting point of understanding God is an abiding, restful union with Jesus. The first word in John's gospel are, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. So from the beginning of John's gospel, he tries to explain what he has learned about God and the relationship we can have with him. From eternity, God was in a relationship and desires for us to be in a relationship with him. And John gives us a unique and powerful image if we can see it. Look at John chapter 1 verse 18. It says, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. 
This word in the original Greek for near the father's heart is kolpos. It means in the bosom. It literally means a hollow space, the hollow space in, in, your, in between your chest, near the heart. It shows an intimate, close connection. It's, it's literally where you are when you hug someone. And I love it because John uses this word again in his gospel at the Last Supper. And you might miss it because your translation probably says something like this. John 13, 23, the disciple Jesus loved, which is John, was sitting next to Jesus at the table. But your translation should include a footnote. It probably says this. It says, in the Greek, he was reclining on Jesus's bosom. And they put this note in because I'll be honest, it's weird in our culture now. But it's the same word, kolpos, in the bosom. That's where John was. He was resting up against Jesus. And this is why it's important. The same abiding restful union that Jesus has had with God since before the very foundation of the world, we have access to now through Jesus. And John's insight gives us an image that has completely transformed how I view my relationship with God. I think about my first daughter, Logan. She was born premature, seven weeks early, and as a result, she had to spend 28 days in the NICU. She was about three and a half pounds when she was born. And when you have a baby that little, they teach you about the importance of what's called skin to skin, or they used to call it kangaroo care. And they'll teach you that there are several crucial benefits from doing this. When you hold a child against your chest, it helps them regulate their body temperature. The baby's heartbeat and breathing will actually calm to align with the parent. And most importantly, when the baby is that little, it'll actually help rewire the baby's brain. Being separated from the mother as a preemie is traumatic for a brain being formed. And without intervention, that can lead to lasting trauma. But if you can hold them, you can show their brain that they're still in a safe place and their brain can heal. And, and when I did that, it, it dawned on me that is literally what abiding in Christ is like. The picture of a child resting on the chest of their father. This is the image of the eternal, comfortable, loving relationship John defines as being a relationship we can have with Jesus. And I remember every day Leslie and I would go and take turns holding Logan. And I just so vividly remember holding her for hours and hours against my chest. And they tell you to speak to her or, or sing to her. And if you run out of anything else, you can even just hum. And whenever I would run out of things to say or sing, I would always just hum this very simple tune, uh, the, the, the chorus of Because He Lives. And I, I want to read to you the, the, the chorus here. It says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. And so those words meant a lot to me, but it wasn't until months later, I finally re-listened to the song and, and I got to read the lyrics of one of the verses. It says this, it says, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives but greater still the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives. My relationship with Jesus is forever changed. It's about abiding. 
It's about a heart disposition, about an intentional relationship. You don't need to move to a monastery and give up the whole world. You just need to choose to find time to abide, even in all of your busyness. Look again at John 15, verse 5. It says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It says, from a, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And too often, unintentionally, we exchange life-giving relationship for dead religion. Did you know the word religion, it literally means a return to bondage? Jesus never intended for you to take faith in him and trade it for a bunch of dead rules. Maybe you're feeling burnt out because you never even knew what it meant to have a real abiding relationship with Christ. If you've never done this, you remember that you can repent and, re and return to him. We should not expect to feel joy and peace when we're separated from the Prince of Peace. Jesus isn't content to merely be a roommate that we never talk to. And, and don't get me wrong here, this doesn't mean we have to clean up our lives and live perfectly in order to experience him. We don't have to have everything solved yet. We're, we're told that Jesus gives peace that surpasses understanding. You don't have to have solved an ish, the issue as long as you just take a step in the right direction. In the story of the prodigal son, long before he's cleaned up, before he knows his future is secure, he is loved, embraced, and secure in the arms of the Father. That is abiding. It's letting your heartbeat line up with his heartbeat. We take listening to God pretty seriously at Akuo because we want you to know that anyone can listen to God. This is the basics of abiding. It takes zero talent, no spiritual gifting. This is what an abiding relationship is built on, prayer and listening to God. Fruit is the result of a long, nourishing process. It doesn't happen overnight. So choose to abide in that love. If you've never experienced an abiding relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that the invitation is open to you. And there's no paper you have to sign or magic words you need to say, but maybe it could just start for you with just a simple prayer. Maybe one asking God to lead you like this. And I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to pray along with you. And, and honestly, I want to invite all of the Akuo community listening here to, to pray alongside you because when we pray as a community, it means you never have to pray alone. God, I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to give you my life. Lord, help me to trade this, this dead religion that I've experienced for a life-giving relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And now the last thing that I want to do is to lead you in a moment of listening to God. This is just an opportunity to spend a moment where you can just sit with everything we've said today and just ask him what he wants to say to you. This is to abide. And if you need help focusing during this time, you know, just, just you can start with this question. Lord, help me to abide more in your presence. Let's listen.
Father, I thank you that you love us, God, that you gave your son for us. Lord, I, I thank you that our relationship with you is, is one that is secure. God, I thank you that, that you are patient with us, that you are nourishing us, that you, you have us here for a reason, and that reason is you're not done with us yet. God, help us to abide. Lord, when we, when we try to listen and we're afraid we don't understand, God, help us to see that it's enough that we're with you, that we're, we're in your presence. It's as much about our, our, our heart being transformed as it is about hearing the words you have to say. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us, and I just have a couple quick announcements for you, and then I'll have you on your way. So today is the end of our CAM Christmas present drive. And so if you still have a present and you haven't been able to get it in yet, you can still take it directly to CAM to their warehouse, and it's not too late. By the time you're seeing this, we'll have already dropped off our gifts, and so it'll be too late to get it to us, but not too late to get it to them directly. And I just wanna give you uh, an update about what we're gonna be doing for Christmas and New Year's. So Christmas Eve is a Sunday. And so on Christmas Eve morning, we're gonna be having our normal service at our normal time. So we won't be doing anything extra or that evening or the following morning. So please, for your Christmas Eve plans, join us Sunday morning, December 24th. Then on New Year's Eve, which is also a Sunday, we're going to be encouraging everybody to enjoy that with their family. And we're going to be having an online only service on New Year's Eve. So feel free to join us online or use that time to spend with your family, either at home or wherever you want to worship. And lastly, I, I want to say is uh, we always want to be here at Akuo to be generous. We want to model generosity and we want to see generosity from our people. And so one of the ways that we're called to do that is through giving to the local church. And if you have been around Akuo at any amount of time, you should know that when you give to Akuo, you're actually giving to the community through Akuo. We use this money to help provide rent or utility assistance. We've also used some of the funds in order to help serve some of our neighbors at the Sorrento apartment complex. Just a few weeks ago, we got to buy turkeys and sides and do different things to help them. And so truly, if when you give to Akuo, you're giving to your community. And so if you call Akuo Church your home and feel called to give, there's a couple different ways for you to do that. The first is you can go online to akuo.church and click on the giving link. Or you can text akuo and any dollar amount to 77977 and get that set up really quick. That's all that I have for you. Let me send you off with a quick prayer and then I'll have you on your way. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for just the fact that we get to be a church together, Lord. I thank you for this community and what it is meant for me to be a part of. God, I thank you that you are doing great things in our, in our community, and I pray that you would help us all to be together and celebrate that. God, help everybody uh, on this Sunday to be blessed and encouraged and to move forward with an abiding, close relationship in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.